Welcome everyone to the Food, Farms, and Chefs radio show with restaurant industry author Kevin Wilson, highly acclaimed chef Gene Blum, and food photojournalist Amaris Pollock. Join them as they interview the biggest names in the restaurant industry, tell you about the latest food trends, and give you recipes and cooking tips too. So let's get the show started. We have an exciting show for you as we begin with David Jackson, the founder of KKD Tourism and Advisors, then Mark Casasento of Uncle Mark's in Philly, and then we end our show with Frank Pagliaro from Frank's Wine. I'd like to let all of our Food Farms and Chefs fans know that the Wagwan Pro Sweet Set Contest is officially over, and our winner is at Happy Whole Mama. So I cannot wish you enough gratefulness lauren for for winning the contest and congratulations and enjoy grilling with your wagwan pro sweet set at this time it is an absolutely wonderful honor to meet a mentor a leader a true gentleman somebody who has impacted the hospitality industry throughout the state of pennsylvania for 20 plus years uh someone who so many look up to david jackson cmp hmcc and the founding partner of kkd tourism advisors david welcome to food farms and chefs great honor to have you the honor is all mine gene thank you very much for having me so david i'm going to go back a little bit and talk a little bit about your career which really has impacted so many of our listeners without them realizing it. Uh, I first met you way back when at the Nash at the convention center in Philadelphia, you were kind of holding down two careers at that point in time. You were uh, part of the visit Bucks County or the Bucks County ZVB at the time, but you were also a senior manager with Aramark during kind of the opening process of the convention center and getting it off its feet when the flower show was coming and the thing that struck me about you back then is no matter who you always had a handshake and a greeting and a smile for every person who was working in that building and god knows there were thousands you were an early inspiration to me but really those early days so tell us a little bit about you know your career starting with aramark and and going forward Aramark, how about that? Well, actually, when I joined the team, it was still ARA. And uh, it was part of our team that actually did the uh, the product launch, the name change to Aramark at the shed at the uh, convention space. But uh, no, the what it was, it's a prototype. Pennsylvania Convention Center is a prototype. No one had ever done it before. The ability to serve 10,000 five-course white glove, white tablecloth. And... They brought a team together. There were 13 of us, some having uh, uh, tablecloth experience, other having large volume experience. They got me from the tablecloth side of life. And uh, the from the very beginning, we knew it was a, a major undertaking. Nowhere in the country can anybody come in by train underneath, get up, do your shopping, get connected to the Marriott for your uh, lodging, uh, meals, and also your uh, meeting and convention space all under one roof. And to be able to serve 10,005 courses with white glove service. So 
convention centers all over the country were coming in and seeing how we were doing things. And uh, we knew from the beginning we were, we were, we were into a major, major undertaking. They said the, the first event is going to be uh, 10,000 people. Uh, Al Gore will be in the presence. It'll be uh, five courses. And uh, then after that's over, we'll go upstairs and, and the opening will take us uh, to uh, 10,000 people. We'll have boys to men. We'll have the Philadelphia Symphony Orchestra. We'll have indoor pyrotechnics for fireworks. And then on lunch the next day, we'll have Nelson Mandela and DeClerc. The first time these two statesmen have been under the same roof in their history uh, for the uh, Liberty uh, Medal Awards luncheon. And we looked at each other and said, what did we get ourselves into here? And that's the beginning of the uh, Pennsylvania Convention Center. And I have been to so many amazing events there. The team, the Aramark team, have always been a great pleasure. Even with outside contractors coming in, I was part of an amazing event back then um, hosted by Colin Powell. And yes. it was the, the Summit on Youth Volunteerism that the convention center opened up the grand ballroom and, and everything upstairs in the train shed for a tasting of restaurants and, you know, everybody coming in. And I, I remember distinctly the security nightmare that was because we had four living presidents in the building at that point in time mm -hmm. and, and what that took to, to be part of that team and the Aramark team and, and, you know, the leadership that was there really assisting us in getting all those restaurants through security and and making just what was it, an absolutely amazing event. And then, you know, the flower show, the largest indoor flower show in the world. Never Every seen that year. much dirt in all my life. <laughs> all night long, just loading <laughs> dirt. And then you come back the next day and it looks like a paradise. It's amazing what these artisans are capable of doing, you know, in a confined space. Absolutely. And, and, Every event that went with it, the, the team, whether it was, you know, white collar or white tablecloth from, you know, an elegant dinner to concessions to, you know, outside concessions coming in. Uh, just amazing, amazing food production, you know, bars rolling in and out and the setups going on and just the amazing things that you and the team had an opportunity to do there and, and really showed the world what's capable under great leadership. So, you know, thank you for doing that. But while you were doing that, you were also part of, you know, my home area of Bucks County. You were doing a lot with uh, Bucks County CVB and really building up Bucks County as a tourist destination. If you can uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that's called tourism. That's, that's what I didn't even know it existed when I first started. Uh, you know, again, I had been in the hospitality and tourism convention center, like nightclubs. I was doing all that prior to even entering into the tourism industry. Uh, the beautiful thing about it is I feel I can go to any bar, any restaurant, any hotel in the country, in the world. And within 30 seconds, they're opening their books to me because <laughs> I know the language. You know, I've been there, done it. And I know uh, what their what the uh, what their highs and their lows are and what they're going through. And, 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 and it's, it's a, some of the most brilliant people are in the hospitality industry they are because they're always thinking for others in order for them to succeed and to have that ability and to to make it in, into a, a, a sense where people can understand it 
uh, is is quite a a feat. It's a gift. And you got the gift, you got to use it. So, I mean, convention center life, that were, there were 18, 15 to 18 hour days. And we would do runs of 30 to 32 straight days of this. Then you would get two days off and then you would do it again. And then you get two days off and one of those days might be even under question and you do it again. Convention center life is all encompassing. It's all or nothing. So at that point, I had gotten married and had a little baby named Naomi. And I said, I, I really can't do this anymore at this level with a family. And someone said, you should get into tourism. And there happened to be a, a call that came in and says, there's a corporate sales manager position open at Bucks County Convention and Visitors Bureau. Would you be interested? So I took that and uh, thus uh, started a, a 10-year project with uh, building uh, Bucks County to the point where we could just say Bucks County and people would know what it is because it is a great history. Um, you have... Uh, things such as uh, Sesame Place, that's actually number three. New Hope is the number one reason why people come to uh, Bucks County. And again, anything in these top in the top five, you're talking about millions of people. So, uh, and Peddler's Village is number two most visited. Uh, three is, is Sesame Place, and that's only because, they're only three because they're only open part of the year. They close in October. Right. Yeah. And uh, and you'd be surprised, Doylestown, the county seat, is number four, where there's influx of so many uh, restaurants and easy access, both train and bus can get you here. It's a suburban setting, but it's got international appeal. I can, from my home, I can walk three blocks uh, to the train station and connect to the Philadelphia airport or to Amtrak at 30th Street Station and go anywhere I want. Or take the bus to the Port Authority in New York City, which I'll be doing on Wednesday. You know, all in a suburban setting. So uh, there's a lot to choose. And then Washington Crossing is the number fifth. Washington Crossing Historic Park was the uh, fifth most visited. And uh, all the B&Bs, the the country drives. If you haven't had an opportunity to drive along River Road up to Easton, you know, it's just gorgeous. It's... it's, uh, you know, you throw on a little James Taylor and be on your way, man. It's it's, it's picturesque. It, it certainly is. But it's 600 square miles. So you have a whole different story if you want to start down in the south in Bristol, which was one of, you know, was, uh, I mean, that goes back to the beginning of the nation, where the nation started. King George from England sailed into Bristol. You know, so that story has to be told. And you have your upper bucks where most of your uh, land preservation is so you can still see uh, rich farmland, rolling hills, and it all you know it's only minutes from uh, Philadelphia and New York City, so it makes it a very appealing destination. So our, our goal was to try to con- come up with a, a plan to strategize all this information and put it into a nice concise thing. We hired uh, folks to come, consultants to come in and everything, and everybody came with the same answer: you have too much. There's, there's too much to choose from. You know, one one time you find dining, then your history, now your land preservation, it's Bucks County. Or we like to call it Big Bucks County. <laughs> it, it is that. It's a, a lifelong Bucks County resident. And my wife works in Peddler's Village. And, uh, you know, I we're minutes from the village, minutes from Doylestown, you know, right up here. And, and there's so many, you know, great history. If I, if I turned around and told the majority of the world that, all the original astronauts before going to the moon trained in Bucks County. Mm. And 
you know, a place called this, uh, you know, the Naval Air Development Center, which Urban you can now go yep. to. Yeah, you can now go there, have an event because they've turned it into an event center. They have a microbrewery opening this week and sit in, you know, areas where all the original astronauts once were. You know, it's mind blowing what we have here in Bucks County. Very but true. you then, you then went on to a, a much bigger area, I should say. You know, it, yeah. it, it, encompassing a few counties. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that. How about that? Well, I was at a trade show in uh, Dallas, Texas, and uh, Lisa Browning Mitchell, who was then the director of sales for the Poconos, approached me. Says we've been we've been keeping an eye on you, and we'd like to consider you for a regional sales position with the Pocono Mountains. Would you be interested? At that time, I was like, well, I, I have to take a look at it. So after five interviews, I became the regional sales manager for the Pocono Mountains, which encompasses 2,400 square miles. It's four counties, Pike, Monroe, Wayne, and Carbon counties. 80% of all the resorts in the state of Pennsylvania are located in those four counties. So, you know, that it, it, to say that tourism doesn't matter to the Poconos is like air matters to people. You know, it's, that's their lifeblood. And so I took on that position. It lasted about three months. And then the director of sales left and, and asked if I would... Uh, be considered for the um, for the uh, director of sales position. <laughs> so I was on the, I was on the fast track in the Poconos. There you and, go. Uh, thir thir Thirteen years later, I ended as the uh, the uh, senior vice president of sales, and uh, just enjoyed every every moment every moment of it. I love I love the people. I never met people that were so in tune with the Doppler system <laughs> on making decisions. It's so it's so important the things that you you really consider uh, to make people happy and comfortable when they arrive there. Um, so that you know the Poconos has seen such a lot of growth. They added like a two point five million dollar budget when I arrived and then when I left thirteen years later had uh, over ten million dollar budget. And um, and you know the word got out which was our, our main goal. And some major players came along with it, Kalahari being there, you know, top of the list. We had to pitch them to come. We were up against, um, they, they were considering going down to Virginia in Fredericksburg. And so we flew out to Ohio, which was their second uh, 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 park that they had created, and uh, said, look, we, we understand what you guys are on the move. You should consider the Pocono Mountains. You're close to New York City, Philadelphia. 20% uh, of the population in the United States is with a 200-mile radius of you. Um, but your pricing, it's got to it's gotta go higher. If you keep the same pricing you got here in Ohio and over in Wisconsin Dells, people are going to think something's wrong with you. And you can see light bulbs going off in the room. They're like, you know what, maybe we, we should consider uh, going to that 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 neck of the woods because um, you know there's just New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, folks travel from all over uh, to be there, and it's a very recognizable name. They've done a great job at promoting itself. Um, if you you know again, it, when I first took on, I, I asked the question, what, what's what's going on with this heart shaped tub? What's that all about? And they were like, oh no, we're trying to we're trying to get away from that that look. But as we find out, that should be celebrated. It should be taught at Wharton. They took a three-year project 
and translate it into 40 years worth of business. Let's go over to Wharton and see if somebody can draw me a business plan that gives me that type of return. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, you did something that I, I think is truly either the most brilliant thing that somebody could do or one of the most foolish, and I'm going to go with brilliant because it's working out. In the height of COVID, 2020, you went out on your own and you did it late in the year. So obviously you saw where the country was in tourism and travel, but you had to, in my opinion, have the you know, foresight to say, when we come out of this, there's going to be great opportunity. And you founded KKD Tourism Advisors, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, to do that in the middle of a pandemic, <laughs> wow, you know, what an amazing thing. And I, and I, reflecting on that, I have to give it that you saw the opportunity for what's going to come now, what's going to come a year from now as well, and in five years from now. So tell us a little bit about what KK what KKD does, what your philosophy is, and how you go about doing it. It's it was funny because uh, a couple uh, colleagues of mine, one in Virginia and the other was in uh, Michigan, were talking on the phone over the course of the spring of that year, uh, right in the midst of height of uh, COVID. And we said, you know, our industry needs some help right now. We're getting cut off at the knees. We're, we're predicated on bringing people together and COVID predicated on keeping people apart. Something, something's got to give. And we collectively started thinking, you know what, the industry's been really good to us. We have over 100 years experience between the three of us. We need to put our heads together and see if we can go back and help and lend a helping hand. And that's really where it started. Uh, we officially launched November of that year and um, we we work with services like tourism recovery uh, we'll go into an area and they will let us know um, where they want to be give us their their set goals and we'll set uh, the standards to try to meet that goal uh, through sales through marketing and through just cultivating and getting volunteer groups together uh, we work with sustainability uh, so people aren't just mindlessly uh, going and throwing food out and things of that nature. We help with that. We get uh, tourism readiness, you know, to get all of your uh, innkeepers and shopkeepers aware of um, some of the rules and regulations. Now with the new protocol, we call it the new, new, we've created a new playbook around reopening your stores, uh, you know, to keep, you know, compliant with the CDC regulations. Uh, so folks got to be educated on that. Uh, customer service training, you know, showing people how to answer the phones, how important that is. Uh, trade show consultation, uh, cross-cultural sales and marketing, and also access to a professional network. Uh, we can get grant writers. We find that's very important, too. A lot of uh, destinations are looking for uh, money that is available to them. They either don't have the time or the expertise to write out uh, an appropriate grant. So we have uh, folks to do that. And we, we don't do it. If we can't do it in-house, we'll reach out and get independent contractors, folks we know from the industry who are well vetted that can hit the ground running. Uh, that way, these destinations, these companies who are on a budget anyway, don't have to uh, hire, uh, you know, uh, train, relocate, add benefit packages. Uh, we can bring folks in and just do uh, gig work. You like their work? you know, then uh, keep them on or, you know, have them back when you need them, 
when you need them again, whether it's a two-week project, a two-month project, or a two-year project. And you know, so KKD has put itself in a position of being kind of that that arm to say, you know, you got a silent partner that knows the industry, knows your plight. You don't have to go over everything. Let's just put the put the project out on the table and find the people that can uh, make it happen for you. So many people, and you know, I'm one of them. My wife is one of them. Everybody who travels, we always kind of find our way to these websites for you know, visit Charleston or you know, Blue Ridge Mountain tourism and things like that. And people don't realize what it takes to put all that together, to bring all those people together, to get everybody singing the same song. And, you know, talking to you and doing the research that I've done, you know, you are the, the, the people who really are laying down the foundation for those groups and those, you know, tourism uh, communities to, you know, really set that up. So, you know, a lot of where people go today is dependent on, companies like you and your expertise and your team's hundred years of experience to, you know, manage vacations in, in the long run and where people are holding, you know, major conferences and conventions. And as people are getting back to work, that's needed more and more every day. I mean, you know, people are ready to go back out and meet face to face. So, you know, your, you know, your role is so vital today, which takes me to the, the next, Thing. You're working on a very, very unique project, um, kind of a, a spinoff of you know something that existed many years ago um, in a different time in this country, and really put a great, interesting twist into that, where you're really shining the spotlight on you know a community in need, and you know giving a leg up to individuals in our industry that. Um, you know, were kind of overshadowed and, and held down and held back. If you could tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So anyway, we're sitting, minding our own business. And we get a call from a company called Black Meetings and Tourism, located out in Los Angeles. Saul and Gloria Herbert are the founders and uh, owners of that magazine. We had known them for years, and they had said that they were um, – given an opportunity they had been sitting on this opportunity for quite a while where uh, Victor Hugo Green, the originator of the green book that uh, the foundation had reached out and said, we want to bring the green book in effect up to the 21st century. The green book was established in 1938 by Victor Hugo Green, a postal operator. He saw the need. There was a need. African-Americans just couldn't travel anywhere uh, around the country at that time. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't, it was unlawful. And in a lot of cases, folks, they just weren't wanted. And the Green Book was designed to give them a places of safe haven, places where they can lay their head down overnight, uh, get a meal, uh, grab a haircut, get gasoline to fill your car up. And the places that were listed with it by state within each area could be pinpointed, and you could actually plan your trip around it so that you know where to go and how to go and how much it would be when you get there. And uh, so this was reprinted every year and updated every year until 1968. Consequently, Victor Hugo Green's his whole thinking was, hopefully one day the United States won't need such a book. Well, now the story has come back to full circle. And the story needs to be told again. So we're looking to uh, now, they, they, 
to set it up into an app, a booking agent, if you would, where you go into the new Green Book for Travel app and you'll be able to pinpoint places that are now listed in the current Green Book for Travel, hotels, uh, festivals, uh, places to eat, uh, hairstylists, uh, things of that nature. It's going to help like a lot of under, underserved minority businesses, but it's also going to help uh, mainstream businesses that want to make sure that they're connected with such a growth. It's, uh, it's, a, cultural t- it's a cultural trip, if you would. And uh, it just changes the whole dynamic. The beautiful thing about it is destinations don't have to pay for infrastructure. They don't have to build a building. All they have to do is take what they already have and now put it into a new platform. And folks can now be directed to where to go and things to see. Most cases, you don't even know that things exist in your own backyard. And we're going to uncover all that. So there's a, there's a tremendous story yet to be told. And uh, we're excited to be able to bring that into a, to today's format where folks can go you know, on their uh, computer or uh, on their phone and uh, make plans, see what's happening, see what's new, see what things they may have missed. Or if you're traveling to a new state you've never been, some places that are saying, hey, you're welcome to come see us. We got a story and, and uh, make that available in real time. That's a good thing because especially we're wrapping up Black History Month, but really it should just be an all-year thing, you know, where we recognize, acknowledge, and appreciate Black-owned businesses, Black, you know, people, achievements of people who are not, you know, their skin tone doesn't look like mine. <laughs> mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, I like that you have that. Uh, yeah. Now, um, I want to, I know that Jean's been, been you know, asking all the questions, but I just want to, uh, you know, let everybody know, let our listeners know, how do we find you? Well, you can go to either the KKDTA, KKDTA.com, or you can go to the new green book for travel, and that's F-O-R, travel, all one word, dot com. Uh, if you go into that, uh, the new green book, there's also a, uh, a survey you can take and you'll be eligible to be in an uh, all expense paid trip to our product launch coming up in the uh, spring, late spring of this year, down in Miami, Florida, through the uh, Miami Convention and Visitors Bureau. Fabulous, fabulous. You know, touching on one thing about the green book that people who you know don't follow history as close. Mm-hmm. As you were saying about places to travel, you know, the the leading or some of the, the leading politicians for the civil rights movement were obviously LBJ and his wife. Mm-hmm. And had it not been for Zephyr Wright, who was their cook and, and you know, worked for them for many years, had it not been for the travels that they took with her coming from Texas into Washington and having to figure out well, where can we stay? Because they won't let her stay there. And the fact that businesses would not let the personal assistant to the mm-hmm. president of the United States mm-hmm. stay there is just absolutely amazing. And, you know, that later went on to uh, have him as a, you know, fighter for the civil rights movement. So the Green Book, you know, what a great story turned into a movie, which was phenomenal. But mm-hmm. what you're doing to me, deserves the Oscar. Well, I appreciate it. You know, it's funny you should mention that because in my mind, I'm thinking, hey, that's a, that's a trip someone can plan. 
and travel Absolutely. the same and travel the same route with the story behind it. How rich would that be? That would be amazing. Uh, you know, that and that's just one of thousands of stories like that. You know, that have such significance, but now they can be put into an app form and you can plot it out yourself. That's amazing. Thank you so much for joining us and letting us know about all of the things that you've done, you know, in your career and the, that you're working with um, the new Green Book um, and that you founded the KKD um, Tourism and Advisors. Thank you so much for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. It's been my honor. Thank you. Thank you, David. My pleasure. Have a great day. You, you too. also. To become a sponsor of our show and have your business or event promoted on every single podcast platform, two Philadelphia radio stations on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. evening drive time, an FM station in New York, and to the millions of Facebook users worldwide with access to the Facebook mobile app. Send us an email to either foodfarmsandchefs at yahoo.com or diningonadime at yahoo.com. At this time, Food Farms and Chefs wants to welcome uh, somebody we affectionately refer to as Uncle Mark, though he's probably young enough to be my son, but Mark Casasanto Jr. Uh, is a chef um, and in the event security industry. Welcome, Mark, to Food Farms and Chefs. Thank you for having me. Very, uh, very grateful to be here. Thank you for having me. So, Mark, your father... Um, was on last year with us talking about event security. He's uh, a prominent senior level manager in event security world. You guys travel a lot. You do a lot for him. You yes. grew up in a very unique um, situation. You know, you had places like JFK and, and the stadiums were kind of your playgrounds. That's where you uh, really learned about events, about food, about things like that growing up in South Philadelphia. Tell us a little bit about your early experiences and your early um you know motivations in the food and, and event world for sure for sure um so yeah uh quite literally i was born and raised in the, the events and entertainment scene in philadelphia uh my sister ironically was born on august 13th 1996 and that's the day that the wells fargo center then the core states uh opened up so while my uh, mom was obviously doing the thing, the pre pregnancy thing, I was uh, being watched by all my dad's coworkers running around in diapers, uh, the suites and the, uh, you know, the general mission areas of them running around in diapers. And everybody was my babysitter because my dad was obviously running concierge services at the core states. And uh, yeah, quite literally my playground. I uh, was born and raised pretty much in the spectrum, uh, core states, uh, veteran stadium running around getting in all kinds of trouble because you know I was that cute little small kid who couldn't stay out of trouble but uh yeah quite literally grew up uh in those stadiums in those arenas and then you know as time shifted and fast forward I uh took a liking to it straight out of high school I thought culinary school was a good move and you know my dad basically gave me the best opportunity I could as almost an internship level without it being an internship I kind of was able to make money and grow and learn at the same time right under my dad in event management, event security, and event planning, uh, even at the uh, convention center on 12th and Arch. It's where I got a lot of my kicks growing up. So, yeah, quite literally, I, I got raised in that industry in Philadelphia. Well, you have a, a real <laughs> wonderful approach to food. You are very Italian in your style. 
but you're also very comfort food oriented. Tell us uh, yep. a little bit about your, you know, culinary inspirations and, and what your experiences are there. For sure. As you know, I'm hundred percent Italian. Uh, like every full blooded Italian, we have like six names. My full name is Mark Anthony Francis Casasanto. So it's as Italian as it gets. And, you know, ever, ever since, you know, I got started and really took a liking and a, and a love to food and events and entertainment, you know, I, I always was shadowing my grandparents in the kitchen. My grandfather was a, uh, a sous chef uh, for Cruz Italia back in the day, old Italian fisherman. He was also Sal's Crabs on 24th and Jackson when, you know, they migrated to the United States way back when. My grandmother, who always was in the kitchen, slaving in the kitchen, and just whether it was family, friends, uh, private dinners, uh, catering parties, weddings, you name it. She was always whipping up, you know, classic Italian meals, comfort food always, you know, heavy on the gravy, heavy on the sauce, heavy on the cheese. God forbid if you said you were full, you really weren't allowed to say that. You were getting another helping whether you liked it or not. And, you know, I, I really took a liking to that whole hospitality feel and just being able to provide food for people and just put a smile on their face. So I, once I really was able to grasp that, I, I took it and ran with it. Um, over over the pandemic, I, um, I got laid off with Imperial Event Security Services over at uh, – the convention center, just like half the world did, you know, it's uh, not for any specific reason other than COVID. Uh, I, I use that as a good opportunity to really, you know, get a good opportunity on Uncle Mark's and start that up. And, you know, I, I felt so comfortable doing that. And I think my life has been, you know, a lot less stressed out and, uh, you know, for the better ever since. So, like I said, took, took that and ran with it really. And, now I'm just providing Italian sandwiches uh, influenced by, you know, my Sicilian culture, my Abruzzese culture, because like I said earlier, I'm 100% Italian. We know exactly where we're from. There's no question about it. And, um, you know, I use each, you know, variety of food, you know, specific to the location in which I'm from in Italy on both sides of the family to really bring something to the table that I think most Philadelphians don't really get to see. Um I think uh, it's really been going good since we started, and we have a lot planned for the for the immediate future as well. Well, I know one of the highlights of COVID, if there is such a thing as highlights of COVID, we were working of course. together. We were working together at the drive-in concert series at Citizens That's Bank right. Park, and That's right. you know, I I was bringing in stuff, peppers, and your dad was bringing in stuff, and you were bringing stuff in, and. You know, yep. I I was living like a full-blooded Italian as opposed <laughs> to a full-blooded full you know, Polish and Ukrainian that I am. But For sure. uh, what a wonderful moment having the food and, and then having you and your father say, you know, these are really good. It was a great moment of pride for me because I have not an Italian That's right. blood cell in me. So <laughs> You were um, an inductee very quickly. <laughs> it's a really wonderful thing. And, you know, today, wherever I go in the city, whether it be – the flower show or, you know, yeah. South Philadelphia or an event at the convention center or a concert. I'm pretty assured that I'm going to be seeing you there. I just don't know what side of the aisle you're going to be on, whether it's going to be, you know, making dinners and making food for people or at the yeah. gate eating the people. So, you're, you know, it's, right. it's wonderful to have that. You, uh, you recently came back from the Super Bowl. Did you uh, yes. have an opportunity to, you know, show the people in LA a little bit about that food? Oh, yeah. I, uh, I was very grateful for the opportunity that Rocco Galelli and the team at Innovative uh, Catering Concepts provided me. Uh, 
We this year was quite different than years past. We had a lot of moving parts. As you know, there are already a plethora of moving parts at the Super Bowl. I mean, it's the event of all events, really. Um, this year, we had a lot of VIP, CBS Sports, ESPN, um, NBC, a lot of private individual box lunches and sandwiches and grab and go items that were a little different from the usual routine at the Super Bowl. So uh, Rocco and uh, Don Cola came to me and said, uh, Don Cola, who's the GM for Rocco, said that, uh, hey, we would like you to provide some Uncle Mark sandwiches if you if you would, if you would, you know, help us out. Uh, we're trying to, you know, impress some people. So if you will, can you whip up some Uncle Mark sandwiches? And of course, you know, I was grateful for the opportunity. And uh, I got to show some L.A. peeps yeah. what and how we do it in Philly with the uh, Italian influence to it. And uh, to say the least, they were very, very impressed. Uh, we provided a ton of chicken Parmesan sandwiches, your classic Philly steaks. And, you know, I'm bringing some of my uh, Uncle Mark twists to it with my own signature sandwiches. And they got spoiled, to say the least. I don't really think they're used to all that food, especially on a sub or a hoagie or some kind of hot sandwich. Those those guys out there they're out west they're not really privy to how we do it in south philly or the east coast for that matter so it was really cool to see all their reactions and how much they really you know liked what i was providing them and you know just for rocco and don to see how much you know they can lean on someone like me who's just getting started was you know chock full of experience and exposure and all of those things and again i'm really grateful to have that opportunity and to talk about it now as well as it's 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 great so went over really well thank you for asking well, for our listeners who are interested into a little bit more of what we're talking about, if you go to the Food Farms and Chefs Facebook site or the Instagram site, you can see some pictures of Mark or Uncle Mark's food. I tell you that you will be online ordering it as soon as possible because I saw them today and I was like, how do I get this now? Like, I want this now. <laughs> Thank so, you, uh, Appreciate really, that. Really great. Just you know, comfort food with great flavor and great twists. Yes. So what's the, what's the future, Bray? Uh, the future is wide open, man. Um, I, I, the sandwiches, uh, again, I appreciate what you said on that. But the sandwiches, they won't be forever. I'm going to be breaking out of some sandwiches as well as keeping some around. You know, we have some crowd favorites. But I do want to tap in a little bit more to, you know, a deeper, you know, upgraded style of my heritage and more plated meals, more, you know, bringing what I'm able to provide to your family at your home, whether it's a, a backyard tailgate, a, a bar bat mitzvah, a, you know, some kind of family party, you know, I want to, you know, dip into that a little bit more. I'm going to be at some tailgates, you know, the Sixers are more than likely going to be in the playoffs. So uh, the Phillies are starting up as well. You definitely will see me down there in a parking lot somewhere, whipping up some sandwiches or some pasta meals, something like that. But, uh, much of the same in the future, but definitely a little bit more. So we, we want to definitely hit my true Italian side a little bit more and give you some plate at meals and stuff that you wouldn't really see in, unless you're in Italy. So I can pull those things off and uh, we plan on doing those things very, very soon. So a lot to come. You can definitely follow us on Instagram at uncle Mark Philly. I'm always posting con content uh, on Instagram and uh, always posting live updates as well on where we're going to be and when we're going to be there. So a lot to come in the future. Wonderful. Wonderful to hear that. Hopefully yes, you'll sir. get an opportunity to get down, you know, into Chester and, and combine two of your great loves in uh, food and soccer and do some things it's, down there as well. 
most certainly on the horizon. We had plans to get down there, you know, for the home opener this weekend. But, you know, like you said earlier in the phone call, if you're at an event in the mid-Atlantic area, you might not know what side of the ball I'm going to be on. We were just down in Baltimore doing the CIAA HBCU Fan Fest and Basketball Tournament. So we had to shift some things a little bit, but it will definitely be happening in the future. And you will see me down there at Union Stadium, PPL Park for sure, or Talon Energy Stadium, I think it is now. So or Subaru Park, I'll get it right on the third. Are, are you going to be <laughs> like? Yeah. Are you going to be around the Sons of Sam, or are you in in the stadium? Uh, Sons of Ben, for oh, sure. Oh, Sons yeah. of Ben. I'm actually, yeah. I'm a I'm a founding member of Sons of Ben. I've had season tickets for as long as I could remember, and uh, I plan on feeding those uh, wild animals called the Sons of Ben as well. So yeah, <laughs> we're we're definitely going to be down there for sure. <laughs> You'll see me on the field taking photos. Awesome! I'll make sure I come find you. <laughs> I'll have a sub in my hand or a hoagie in my hand for you. And, uh, you know, you can kill two birds with one stone. There you go. <laughs> nice. Now I'm jealous. <laughs> we'll bring you too, Gene. We're not holding out on you. There you go. We'll put you in the press box. There you go. Now you see you're hooked up already. There you go. Mark, it is a great pleasure to have you with us. Uh, thank you for taking some time to talk to us a little bit. We look Absolutely. forward to having you back to talk about your great success later on in the year and everything going on. And uh, you know, please keep us updated. Um, is there an email or a website that people can reach you at? Yes, we just started a website. It's also UncleMarkPhilly.com. Uh, Instagram is probably the best way to reach me. Um, we, I'm, I'm very much doing my own promotion, marketing, and all the direct direct messaging and sales and all that. So it is all me right now so it's very easy to reach me just find me on instagram and uncle mark philly shoot me a direct message and you know let's start the process absolutely and thank you both for having me today very grateful for the opportunity thank great you great to have you thank you so much i'll be back very soon and at this time in the middle of world crisis I want to introduce a fabulous friend to the show one of our spirits contributors on a very regular basis and an amazing humanitarian who has taken this whole uh, ban on Russian vodka one step further because rather than just dispose of the Russian vodka, he's raising money to give back to those in need in the Ukraine. So at this point in time, please help me welcome Frank Pagliero of frankswine.com, Frank's Wine in Wilmington, Delaware. Frank, welcome to the show, and thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, Gene. Always great to uh, be back in your presence. Love you guys. We love you too. So, right on. So, Frank, you took you took this idea of you know the ban on Russian vodkas and this whole you know thing that's going on and sweeping the world really, and you added a, a great little touch to that. So, tell us what you're doing there to you know stand in solidarity and as well as raise funds and, and where that's going well actually you know it, it just it really started with um a, a video that was that i up that i posted to facebook and instagram tiktok all the social media platforms and um of me pouring out a bottle of solely which of course now uh, you know believe me i know i've because I've, I've been told by many people in comments that it's not russian uh, but actually, the ingredients are, and the wheat comes from Russia. But that's besides the point. But it's now produced in Latvia. Um, but anyway, I was pouring a bottle of Stoli in uh, the parking lot right outside my shop. 
and um, I, you know, basically everybody, it, it, it kind of, it, it, it grew traction pretty quickly. People were sharing it, commenting on it, liking it and whatnot. And then, of course, a lot of comments were, uh, we know what you're going to do. You're just going to pull it off your shelves and box it up and put it in the back and wait till this whole thing kind of blows over and, and bring out your your Stoli again you know, and put it on the shelves. And, of course, I'm like, you know, Gene, you know me. I don't like to get called out on stuff, right? No. Yeah, and, and that, I was going to say that would be the last thing in the world I would suspect from you. <laughs> right, right. So I'm like, all right, nope, not doing that. So basically I just kind of on the spot just, hey, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. It's all going to remain here in my shop. And anyone who comes into the shop and makes a donation to I, – I teamed up with the um, Ukrainian – local local uh, church, the Ukrainian Orthodox Church here in Wilmington, Delaware, uh, which is associated with like their 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 kind of I guess their their parent parish. Um, anyway, so anyone who makes a donation to uh, that organization gets to pick out a bottle of the Stoli or Russian standard vodka that we have here at the shop, crack it open pour it into uh, a five-gallon water jug, and then smash the bottle. Smash the bottle into uh, a trash can that we have with uh, bricks lined in the bottom. So people have been loving it. People have been coming in literally all day today doing that. It's hysterical. Um, taking videos. People are, like, uploading it to their own social media and just spreading the word about, you know, just kind of standing in solidarity, our, our little part that we can play. Well, you've always been a big supporter of everything going on like that during COVID. You were very uh, vocal in doing that, and, and you know you, you did a lot of uh, support for you know businesses during that. I, I love the fact that when you did your video, and, and there's a little tie because you're next door to a car dealership that has you know a strong presence in the Ukraine, and you know that that's a really symbolic thing too is supporting your neighbors but i i love the fact that when somebody suggested that you put that on tiktok and your response was like i don't do tiktok and you ended up putting it on there and last i looked you were like just killing tiktok in hits you were you know way up there like some incredible amount of of tiktok shares so uh, i don't even know what the number is now and i'm probably afraid to look well, it, it, you're right. It is crazy. So, you know, after I uploaded those uh, videos on the social, onto uh, Facebook and Instagram, my wife later that night was like, "You should just like put this on TikTok." I'm like, "I don't, I don't even have a TikTok account." She's like, "Well, start a TikTok account and like op- upload your first video and let's just see what happens." So I did that, and literally woke. That was at 10:30 at night. Woke up the next morning on Sunday morning and saw that they were like. 30,000 views and like today it was insane like 240,000 views on TikTok which is like you know it's 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 craziness which I love it's totally spreading again like I said awareness and again it, you're right you, you brought up our neighbor uh, right across my parking lot here on North Union Street in Wilmington and our neighbor right next door is uh, Winter Audi and uh, the Winter Group which I didn't realize the uh, – oh, my God, I didn't realize, like, how how much they actually 
did in Ukraine. I just was under the impression they had a Ford dealership and the right to import Ford brands into the Ukraine. But actually, they it, it, it's it's many brands. It's it's Ford. It's uh, Bentley and Porsche and Volvo and Audi and it, you know a, a, a slew of uh, brands. So I spoke to Michael Hynansky, who is the uh, uh, the owner of Winner the Winner Group here in Wilmington, and uh, he's been trying to like clean up the mess in Ukraine because of, of they. I was blown away when he let me know they have 55 dealerships, car dealerships in Ukraine, across Ukraine, and 850 wow. employees. Right? Wow. I'm, I just like shook my head. I'm like, this is how is this guy even doing this? Like how I can't, you know, like basically his overnight his business just like closed. Not just one building, one business, 55. You know, I I see what's across the parking lot and the thriving business that they have. And I just look at that, and I'm like, multiply that by 55, put it into Ukraine, and it's all shut down and done. Crazy. Worse than COVID, worse than anything, obviously, you know? It's, that's what really drew me to do what, I, what my wife and I, Colleen, did. Um, yeah. I'm curious. Uh, have, knowing that it, you've blown up so much and that, you know, it's out there, obviously, on um, the interwebs of uh, social media – has have any other liquor stores, you know, contacted you to, you know, either get in on on what you're doing or to donate their bottles as opposed to just dumping them and wasting all of that opportunity wow. to give back to the Ukraine people? Wow. No, that's a cool idea. No, they haven't. But what a great idea, because the more and more I'm like seeing of this now, there's like, you know, I know Ohio and Pennsylvania and Virginia, other like, you know, control states are pulling Russian vodka from their shelves. So I don't know what they're doing with that. Uh, you know, I really don't. Are they destroying it? Or are they just putting it in the back room and letting it, like, letting everything blow over then bring it back out? I have no idea. But, yeah, great call. I'll happily take those uh, bottles <laughs> and let me uh, – absolutely. Well, what we're doing is you make that donation uh, to the Ukrainian Orthodox Church who's going to get those funds to the right people that need it. Um, in Ukraine, and yeah, let us let us uh, do that. We'll take those bottles and we will uh, accept the donations and let people smash our competitors' bottles. I love that idea, Amaris. You're the best. Yeah, it would be. See if anybody, you know, uh, takes me up on it. I love it. I hope so. You know, and maybe we can make it trend even more so, and you know. Do like a hat. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. We spoke about this earlier about avoiding that. You know, one of the hashtags, but maybe we can create a hashtag like, you know, smash smash at Frank's for Ukraine. Wow, I like it. I like it. I like it. All right, Amherst, you're on to something. <laughs> Perfect. Right on. We're gonna have a recap here. I have a feeling in a week and see like. Where it all led us. If you know me, I'm going to be all over it. We could do with this. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Frank, where can people get in there to uh, smash a bottle and, and uh, dump it and, and stand with Frank's wine and the Ukrainian people and, uh, you know, everyone around the world and, and, you know, show everybody how we feel? Yeah, I love it. It's so been it's really it's, – it's, it's great. People are coming in. It's like families are coming in and, like, you know, the daughter is taking – a video of their dad doing it so she can post it to like her, her, you know, social media. It's cool. I mean, people are like definitely taking an interest in it and, um, and coming in literally for that. They're, 
making a donation to smash a bottle, then they're picking up a bottle of the uh, Ukrainian bubbles that we're selling, which we're donating $5 uh, for every bottle sold, which is adding up pretty quickly. Um, I'm almost out of the original, uh, I don't know, I guess I had maybe like nine cases in stock, which is kind of random that I had nine cases of Ukrainian bubbles in stock, but they're beautiful bottles. They're like these metallic orange, red, or not orange, uh, red and pink, silver, gold, and blue bottles. They're beautiful. And um, they were just kind of lagging in sales and kind of crazy that it, it's exploded now. <laughs> but I have 50 more, 50 more cases coming tomorrow, which equates to 60 bottles or 600 bottles times $5 is another $3,000 donation. So, you know, is that like a lot in comparison to like what, what, what Ukraine needs? Obviously not, but I'm glad we're at least playing a part and people feel good. You're playing the part. So Frank, where could people get hold of uh, you? How do people find you on social media and uh, come into the store? If you can give us all that. So we are in Wilmington um, right on route 52 at the corner of Pennsylvania Avenue and, and uh, Union street, right at the railroad overpass. Um, and they could get us online at frankswine.com and our social media is frankswine all around one word, F-R-A-N-K-S-W-I-N-E, uh, frankswine on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and, uh, TikTok. Um, and yeah, and you can, um, you can order online, which would be great, but picking up at the store is what you kind of need to do because of Delaware laws. We can't ship out or deliver uh but we have lots here in stock take a drive a lot of great restaurants nearby that you can you can uh stop in afterwards a uh, couple dive bars maybe dive uh restaurants gene i'm looking forward to that new segment of your uh of what you have i, I like that for that i like I, that I, too I right so yeah support local restaurants take a drive you know make a day of it in wilmington make us one of your stops i would love it now, are you? We'll, we'll have fun in here. You're open on Sundays, right? So, if somebody wanted to do a BYOB and pick up one of the the sparkling wines from Ukraine and you know bring it to to brunch per se, they can do that, correct? Yeah, we are open eleven to five on Sundays, and then every other day we're open ten a.m. till nine p.m. So seven days a week, we're, we're here, and uh, lots of bubbles. And um, yeah, <laughs> so. I encourage our our listeners to go to your social media sites, check out the hashtags, check out the signage that we're not going to get into here on the radio, but you know, check out what you're doing, and also you know, get in, you know, on the mailing list so you're updated when you're doing tasting events, which is very common, and doing other types of events, and you know, even furthermore, if you have a special event coming up and you need to buy alcohol. Who better than someone who's out there putting their money where their mouth is and supporting those in need, not just here in the area, which you do all the time, but also those in other parts of the world. So, you know, we really thank you for doing that. Yeah. And, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because I I totally I'd be remiss if I didn't mention we do have an event, a fundraising event for, um, you know, based around this entire craziness. Uh, next Wednesday, uh, March 9th, not this Wednesday, but next Wednesday, March 9th, we have, uh, we'll kick off our first alfresco patio tasting here at Frank's Wine. 
where we have uh, two of the churches, Ukrainian churches, that will be here, um, the Ukrainian Orthodox Church uh, and then also the, the Ukrainian Catholic Church of Wilmington. They'll both be here, and um, we'll have live music. We'll have uh, uh, a tasting of all five of the uh, – of the Ukrainian sparkling wines that we have available for sale, where we'll still be donating five dollars per bottle, and yeah, and, and and we're hoping to get the the uh, the uh, some like cuisine, Ukrainian cuisine, because you know lots of lots of the uh, parishioners from both churches they have events that they generally do, and um, we're hoping to have some of their authentic uh, cuisine here that night so it'll be uh march 9th from 4 30 to 7 30. that is awesome frank thank you for joining us um on food farms and chefs and hopefully we'll see you there awesome thank you so much for having me cheers everybody be safe thanks thanks you can find us on phillyrestaurantreviews.com or you can tune in to all social media platforms to find food farms and chefs and you can find me at AR Pollockus, or you, if you would like to be a sponsor of the show or a guest on the show, you can email me at arpollockus at gmail.com. And Gene? You can find me across social media at ibfoodie2 or at Gene Blum, or you can email me directly at ibfoodie2 at yahoo.com. That's I-B-F-O-O-D-I-E, the number two at yahoo.com. Our thoughts and prayers go out to everyone in the Ukraine. Your heroism is noted, and we send all our heartfelt prayers.